Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's Sports Station. 92.9 FM ESPN. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state, in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, I think we just experienced our last Monday without football for a long time. We got through it. Now we just got to get through Tuesday, Wednesday. Is there week 18? Monday night football? I can't no, there's usually not. Is, not on the last one. Uh, but I'm saying, is that national championship Monday? No. I think I think you're correct. I think we might have gotten through we might have gotten through our last Monday through the calendar year without football. With no football. Now, we'll have we'll God have more, willing. God we'll willing. Have, we'll have more Tuesdays without. Tuesday is the one we haven't solved that. Football has not for whatever reason, they haven't figured out Tuesday yet really. Well, just wait. <laughs> Wednesday, let me, let me, it feels like we're creeping you, in on Wednesday, no, no, right? Let me tell you what's what's soon on the horizon. Mm-hmm. The American on Tuesday nights. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> or sun, or the Sun Belt, Or maybe? Wednesday, Fun Belt Tuesdays. Um, yeah, the G5s are going to start. Gonna, the 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 lesser tier schools are going to start playing on, on days where they need inventory. Yeah, we haven't... Football, that, that's one of the few days of the week. Like I said, cre- we're still just creeping in on Wednesday Correct. as it's of not, right now. Let me just say this. Tuesday and Wednesday is not just for the Mac. Yeah, probably moving forward. Yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, but but I, I don't know. That's all right with me. I Like last night, I was like, man, I wish there was some football on right now. Yeah, and that's like the problem. Even though we didn't get a good week zero, we got a taste of real football. It was just enough. Yeah, it really wasn't a moose bouche. Correct. Uh, you know, it truly. It was the Costco sample of like the salmon <laughs> dip, where you're like, "Oh my god, where where's that? <laughs> this is Costco." Yes. <laughs> where did you get those crackers? Uh, well, 
Tell the Truth Tuesday. The last Tell the Truth Tuesday before football really starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this probably is it's week one. Camp, tell the truth. Camp's over. You're getting ready for you know the the season opener. I was you know I was over at uh, the Memphis football facility earlier today. Tim Cramsey was talking about you know the, that opening day feeling. Jeffrey, his his. What's your favorite part of? Because like I feel like much like players, like Tim Cramsey was talking about it. And I think the players talk about this the same way. Like that first time you experience the crowd, you know, like when you come out there for pregame introduction. As a spectator? Like just in general, your favorite part of the opening day football experience. The first. Because I always feel like the tailgate, for instance, opening, nothing like a great open, the the opening day tailgate. It's so generally speaking, usually the best in my mind. I'm in the minority. I like tailgating as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. It was never the emphasis of my football viewing experience. I was there for the football. So for me, the best part of opening day is the first time the band hits the field to okay. do the to do the opening routine. You know, the the game opener routine. So I feel like, you know, when you're at a, you, the proper tailgate, you do have a the, there's fans like you who leave a little earlier. You know, leave yes. the tailgate a little earlier. They want to be there. I you know like I had to watch punters and kickers. I had to know, yeah, I, had to know. which way the wind was blowing. What, what do we got? You want to see who was lining up Correct. with the ones? No in, question. In, you know, on the eleven on air or whatever no they question. do there. You know, you want to see who's on the who's playing left guard today. You know, um, but I felt like you know, like to me, I loved the tailgate. That first tailgate is my favorite part. I love it because I feel like the art of being like the art. The, the key to it all is being able to maximize both experiences because they're both amazing. The football on opening, you know, like. That feeling of hope for your team on opening day, you know, when you sit, when you watch that first game. Here's where I can meet you. And then also being able to balance it with, like, you know what? It's a great party. You know, the tailgate on opening day here's where or I can, opening night, here, whatever, is, is a great party. Here's where I can meet you halfway. I still will contend when the band hits the field, not the not the first time the band plays the fight song, but it's when they mm-hmm. hit the field for the, mm-hmm. for the opening routine, you know, whatever mm-hmm. their pregame routine is. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is still my favorite. But where I can meet you halfway is when you when you get out of the car, wherever you park, mm-hmm. and you can Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> smells like football. Like, yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's the smell of all the smoked meat. Yeah. It's the smell of like cheap hot dogs, popcorn. <laughs> it's terrible pizza. It's like all those yeah. smells. Maybe a little urine mixed yes, in, you of know. Of course. Yeah. Bourbon, yes. <laughs> Stale fried chicken. Like it's that there is a distinct smell of you. You hop out of your car, and if the you jungle catch it, juice of smells, oh yeah, you know, if you <laughs> catch it downwind just right, you're like, it's football season, and, baby. And you don't need much of it to get no, drunk. No, no, <laughs> no, it is potent. Oh man, yeah, no, I love it though. I was thinking about this. Do you think can fraternities still do jungle juice? I have no idea. I'm, I'm so far removed from that. No, no, but like, I, I was thinking about that. Like, right, that's got to be like. Well, I mean. You just, you know, you have to serve responsibly, Jeffrey. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I'm not saying, like, they can't serve alcohol, but, like, literally, I was wondering, can they still do just, hey, go get that cooler and then go buy all the plastic bottle stuff and then get some juice and top it off? Like, there's no it's way. It's a mixed drink. I don't know. Can I you mean, still get away with that? I think you probably, if someone, you know, if it's causing people to, like, you know, be overserved. Then, well, yeah, I wasn't even thinking it was an overserved thing. I was thinking it was like a oh consent thing. Yeah, maybe I. I don't know. I don't know. I. I feel like you know 
Who's going to regulate jungle? Is there, do we need do we need to add jungle juice regulators well, no, like, to our uh, governmental no, systems? No, you could tell me where nationals are telling like, hey, no more hunch punch, jungle juice, whatever. Well, I'm guessing it's much more restricted than it is when we were in college, just as it was probably more restrictive when we were in college than like 20 years before that. That's probably how that goes. I don't feel like you and I's college experience was too far different than our dad's. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But yeah. I do think like now, like ten years. I think, I think that ten years, like the or whatever. Now, I guess the last well, I fifteen feel like years. I, I'm talking about the tailgate even now as like a you know, thirty seven year old. I love the tailgate. I love that first tailgate. It doesn't have to be just from my college years. I love that that opening day tailgate when I was in high school, middle school, the first games I ever went to, and even now, I love that opening day. Like like. On Saturday, when I cover the Memphis Bethune Cookman game, like I'm going to get there early because I want to. I want to kind of walk around and check out the tailgate scene. That's like my. I love that about opening opening day. But even like like Tiger Lane is great. Right, right. But my thing is so part of the problem for me is the opening day tailgate. Most of my life, it was 105 degrees. Yeah, that's and true. And so like I was never the guy that was like sprinting to the tailgate so I could just yeah. sit there and sweat. No, like, fair. I would much rather have sat it somewhere was, it, in air conditioning with TVs and then gone when I wanted to go to the game. It was hot. It was hot. But, you like, know. obviously in college. But not, like not for, quite that hot, For probably. you in college, like, that's some of the best days of the year is, like, September yeah. Michigan weather is, like, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I guess when you're in D.C. It was still hot and humid. Yeah. You know, it was. But, but like, growing up know. in the South. That's why, like, when everyone's like, oh, false fall, false fall, false fall. I was like, do you know how many Labor Day football games I've sweated <laughs> through? Like, no, I'm not buying into this. Uh, well, it's a good thing Memphis has two, uh, has a 6 o'clock game to start up. All right. Let, we, we got uh, Tim Murray joining us later from VSIN to talk some college football. We also got the list um, with uh, it's NFL Cut Day. It's, it's, that's the big one, Jeffrey. Uh, and we know who the Ryder Cut we, Zach Johnson has made the tough calls and made a couple. Of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I like our captain. I, I I like the moves made by our captain in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, we'll uh, get into it. We'll, we'll get into it in the list. I was pleasantly surprised. And then you found a list of college football traditions, it, a ranking. It infuriated me. And they they hooked you. They the, got you. That click barn got you. It was the perfect social media post, and we'll get into it during the second <laughs> hour because my first thought was. Are they trolling me? Yeah. Like, is this like the Andy Dalton? I will. It was the day that it clicked for me when the Bears released the infographic of Andy Dalton as QB one. That was when I realized, like, oh, it no longer matters. Like, you're just trying to get. You don't care if you get roasted anymore. So I want to discuss this because I was infuriated. All right, let's tell some truths. Start us off. Let's do college football one. Should we start local? Should we start? Should we go narrow? Start some some Memphis football. Let's do it. Okay. Um, we got the depth chart yesterday, Jeffrey. Did we? I mean, the we, too deep. The too deep. We got rosters with a lot of with a lot of uh, conjunctions. A lot of ors in there. Yes, yeah, it's uh, just as many ors as yes. you know starters. It I feels don't think like. we got a depth chart. I think we got a condensed roster. <laughs> well, it's like I do think this first game is going to feature a lot of guys by design because they're still trying to figure out. Well, exactly. I most certainly hope so. Exactly who they want. Well, yes, you you would hope by the second half this uh, thing is a blowout. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the tell the truth. If you want to go Tigers wise, mm-hmm. 
the Tigers better not be playing the starters in the second half. Unless they're just going for records. I would say this. I would you'd hope like Seth Hennigan's not playing in the second half. You know, like the key the guys you know like I think there are some positions they've got to sort through. Like right tackle, I think is like a big spot where I'm like they don't fine. know who's the guy yet. And, and maybe it's gonna, like, and maybe it was because I was a reserve quarterback. I'm always fine when you play your backup quarterback behind your first team O line because mm-hmm. then you can you can really start to cook. Mm-hmm. But I guess this we might tell the truth. The game better be decided at halftime. I would think it will be. I think. Okay. Listen, I, I'll say this: my the the tell the truth I have is what's been interesting the past two days that have been out there when Ryan Silverfield spoke yesterday and then Tim Cramsey, the offensive coordinator, uh, spoke. Today after practice, and Ryan, I don't want to say I don't know if I would go as far as say made a promise, but really was assertive in saying, you know, what you're going to see out of us is we're going to be more explosive. You know, like we're going to we're you're going to look at this and go, this is this is Memphis football. Like he was alluding to whatever you whatever you previously identified as Memphis football back when he got this job. That's what scoring he, points. That's what he was referring to, and then In bunches. And then Tim Cramsey today, you know, without, you know, he was talking, you know, he's treading lightly because I don't think he won in, he intended to put down last year's skill position players, but made it pretty clear, like different, different strengths for this group of receivers um, and even running backs. And um, they can, they can blow the top off a of defense. Like that's a bit more take the of the, top off, take Come the on. yeah, take the top off a of defense. Close. Um, they can, uh, they've got more big play potential. Um, and said what I thought was interesting, because I think it's telling, like to him, <clears throat> they have three, like one of the big oars, Jeffrey, is there's three running backs listed, not, not a single one as a starter. Okay. Blake Watson, the transfer from Old Dominion is on there. Um, Sutton Smith, the sophomore. Uh, who was like the only true freshman to play on you know play in any games last year and who they've talked very highly about and Jay Ducker that transfer from Northern Illinois from last year they're all listed as oars and it sounds like at least initially all three are going you know all three are going to figure into the offense but Tim Cramsey talked about it in terms of he almost thinks of the running backs and wide receivers together where he just he just wants the five best out of all those guys on the on the field at a time, or or four, the four best, and I think it's alluding to like I think Sutton Smith, the way they talk about him, is going to kind. Wait, 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 he wants the four. He wants like the four best skill guys on the field. Oh, okay, I thought he said the four best running backs. No, 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 the okay, four best okay. skill guys. Like okay. he views wide receiver and running back kind of interchangeably, interchangeably a little bit. Positionless this year. football. Yeah, a little positionless. Like I don't think the wide receivers are going to play running back. I think it's more alluding to some of these running backs are going to be lined up in the slot. Like I think Sutton Smith. Is going to be deployed in a lot of different ways. Trying to get a little mismatch. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to. You remember how like Norvell used to use Tony Pollard? Sure. Um, that's how I think they might end up using Sutton Smith. Um, and I would just say this: like, I, I hope I really they need to be telling the truth about the explosive plays. Like that's right. Isn't that part of this? Like, you, it's not just that they aren't winning games; it's that the product hasn't been like that entertaining either. And the way to win games at Memphis, it feels to me, is through explosive skill position players, whether it was back to it with Tommy West and D'Angelo Williams or with Norvell and all the running backs. Jannard Avery, too. It, it, what? Jannard Avery. Yeah, well, he was a playmaker. 
Yeah, defensive playmaker. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've had. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, Gennard Avery, yes, was defensive. But uh, God, the Avery that played quarterback uh, and receiver. No. I think he was a Michigan guy, too. I want to say he's from Detroit. Okay. Well, regardless, like, that's how they've won in the past when they've won recently. Um, is having, like, you know, you've been, you've been able to have big plays and, you know, like, ultimately, up front, you're never going to have the depth of some of these, you know, these Power Five teams, ultimately. It's just impossible. It's hard to to develop that quality up. Now, they say they have better depth this year, but the, that's kind of my tell the truth. It's like, I, I really hope Ryan Silverfield's right. Because like I don't like, I don't know. I want to believe in Memphis football again. I love covering a good Memphis football team, and it's just you've missed it the last couple of years, you know. Yeah, I was trying to find the decrease in offensive production. Mm-hmm. I would have an easier time believing buying into this mm-hmm. if last year was just the decrease, mm-hmm. but there was a decrease the year before. And I yeah. think there's been a philosophical difference. And I would also yeah. argue, I do not think that I get because here's where here is where I don't have a problem buying into it. When you looked at last year's, particularly outside skill guys, the mm-hmm. outside receivers, not yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. There was nothing that was special. No, it was like Eddie Lewis was fine. Yeah. Um, Rock was fine. Rock, Rock yeah, Rock. It feels like they feel like came into his own at the bowl game and has kind of taken that momentum. And now he's, he's listed as a one, um, like a top, you know, like it, it feels like they are expecting a lot out of rock Taylor, even though there's these two transfers, Towski dove and Demir Blankamsey on that depth chart. And Joe skates was also listed as a one on that depth chart. And we saw like skates had some like, Really intriguing moments where you know he can he we saw how fast he was he just struggled to catch the ball sometimes and like you know I, from what I understand not a great route run you know like the details weren't really there yet last season even though he's athletic and fast as hell and made some big plays in a couple games um, so it's gonna be uh, it'll be interesting to see how they. How this all shakes out ultimately, because as we've said, it's Maurice Avery was who I was trying to think of. Maurice Avery, Avery, yeah, yeah. Um, So, um, no, I mean to me the I want to believe in it. I I want to. You can tell me that they have upgraded. I still think back though. Like I look look at look at it this way. Mike Norvell is still scheming up explosive plays at Florida State. Mm -hmm. Well, he was scheming up explosive plays here. I will. I've not seen the same. Even like when, even the eight and three year with Brady, it wasn't the same like explosive offense. No. Now it's it's so hard to judge that year because the practices Correct. were all off and you know. But yeah, no, they. I mean that year you look at it, they won three games because Brady White was awesome in the clutch. Yes. And you know, and so, uh, but that sometimes you know, like ultimately they, you know, they lost four games by. A touchdown or less last year, like it, you know those. I know, I know, both in both directions. You talk about close, you know, you talk about close wins, but like that's college football a lot of way, in a lot of ways. It's generally, it's football. It's yeah. usually what like, are you doing one. What are you doing? The, the in difference the one possession between great game. years and good years, or even mediocre years, yeah. oftentimes is your record in one possession games. But I guess kind of the other thing, my other tell the truth is, I'm saying like the game better be decided at halftime. I also expect that it will be decided at yeah. halftime. 
I still don't think we're going to know enough about this. I guess I'll say it this way. I don't think Arkansas State is going to be our first real glimpse. It feels like and into I, how good this and how good this team and is. And so Arkansas State's got Oklahoma this week. Mm-hmm. So how hard are they going to try? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like if, I mean, the reality is we'll know if they're bad if they lose. Like honestly, if they lose to Arkansas State or Navy, yes. we won't know. We won't know if they're good until Missouri. <clears throat> until that, that was that was my and really that three game stretch that Missouri Boise Tulane game. That's when we'll figure out if they're good. Yeah, but I think like. If indeed, they don't even have to win that Missouri game. Just, but if you yeah. watch it and you say, oh, they're competitive. like yeah. this is It's a close game against Missouri. Correct. Even that. Yeah, that would get. Uh, honestly, you'd feel pretty good going into back-to-back home games. Correct. Against Bo- if you hadn't lost any of the games, you should win early. The first three. Right? I think we I think we can all. Like, I, I think know, they could Bethune, be. Cookman, Arkansas State. And based on what I saw of Navy the other day against Notre Dame. Right now, I'm saying they're going to be a favorite in all three of those games. By. Perhaps double figures. Um, and so, and then you'll go into the Missouri game as an underdog. Yes. Probably a touchdown underdog. Yeah, probably. Probably something like that, depending on, unless Missouri loses. I don't know who Missouri plays to start the year. But, um, and then, you know, Boise's going to be a pick em. Maybe you'll be a slight underdog if Boise's as good as everyone says they're going to be. The pro- I mean, the problem is, Depends what your record is going. If you made one. me say right now, yes, it'd be it'd be close to a pick'em. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. And but then, I mean, I don't. You know what I mean? Like power ratings can change in four weeks. No, and if you can go, I mean, heck, if you go one and two in that three game stretch, but the one is over Tulane, like you're in pretty good shape. That means you're four and two and undefeated, or excuse me, and yeah, and undefeated in conference play in two and zero oh in conference. You've probably play. you've probably hurt your New Year's six birth. Yeah, but you're in a good shape to make the but conference you, championship you game. You've heard it, but you haven't eliminated it. Yeah. Because I still think it's possible the Mountain West could end up eating itself. Well, and I'll say this. But you at that point you will have beaten you'll be two and zero in conference and you will have been you'll have you're beaten, beaten a league favorite. Yeah. You'll have beaten Tulane. And you're you're ba- you, you if you really were looking at the if we're going by the preseason I think Missouri polls, has Kansas State before. You have at North Texas and SMU at home as kind of your two toughest games left based on the conference standings at that point. Um, so it would be uh, very, like, again, that 3-0 and stretch. Now, I don't know if we would be able to determine if they're good if they went 1-2 and during that stretch, you know, but be good enough. I think if I think if they get to, if they get through the two-lane game. You don't want to get blown out in any of those If you games, get through obviously. the two-lane game at 4-2, and two, you still... Have everything in front of you. You could you could imagine going five and one with that schedule. Now, that'd be difficult to go five and one with that schedule. Probably more. You'd probably go more four and two again, and that'd be eight and four, and that'd be like kind of the stock. Five and five and one is basically winning all three games you're gonna be favored in and winning both toss ups. Yeah, Uh, and or splitting splitting a toss splitting the toss ups and winning as an underdog. And then the reality is, it's just so hard to determine just how like. You know, we haven't seen this team play at all. There's a lot of new. If you, the one thing about that depth chart, there were a lot of wars. There's also a lot of guys who are going to be playing, who, who are going to be playing their first games in significant roles for Memphis, whether they're transfers or JUCO guys or guys who've been in the program but just haven't played very much. You know, haven't played outside of special teams really. Um, so you're going to have a lot of new faces, but it's intriguing. They, the way they're talking, it's intriguing enough. And then I'll add this to the table. Best news in a while, 
for Memphis on the like the cha- changing landscape of conference realignment and the, the state of the sport and all that. Ross Dellinger reported, uh, I believe it was last night or early this morning uh, over at Yahoo Sports, that ahead of tomorrow's commissioner's meeting where they're going to discuss the playoff for the first time since the Pac-12 basically disintegrated, um, growing movement is how he phrased it, Jeffrey. Growing movement towards changing the playoff just from six to six and six, six conference champions and six at-larges to five conference champions, seven at-larges, which would preserve a spot for the best group of five team um, if the Pac-12 disintegrates as expected. And this is starting in 26? Is this? It, it, I don't think it specifies exactly. It's just for now. Um, okay, but my question is, does this change next year's playoff? Mm-hmm. So the 12-team playoff starts next year. Is that when it starts? Yes. Okay. So I'm with you short term. I still think it's TBD. I don't think you can sit there and go TBD long term that this is great because I don't know if this is going to apply, period. But I do agree in the short term this is this still keeps you interested for the opportunity of a playoff spot. Yes. But Dellinger does say say there's going to both two proposals are basically going to be brought up. The five plus seven and the just the top twelve teams. And he does believe he does quote in his story, like there's growing movement. You know, obviously, Oresco is quoted on the record as saying, "You know, our this is what Oresco said to him, Mike Oresco, the AAC commissioner. Our 65 in our grouping have to have access. You want this to be a national tournament? I'd like to keep it at six, but I understand that you have to have a discussion. It's really key to keep the automatics. The CFP is one of the ways that the sport is going to remain nationally relevant." When you have all the marquee teams concentrated in two conferences, even they have an interest in remaining a national sport. Not a bad argument. Not a bad argument. But not a bad. I like that approach by Mike Oresco. I, I appreciate that approach. I agree with the argument. Yeah. I just don't know if the argument's going to apply. That's yes. my concern. Someone, one college football playoff official said, I hope it's as simple as the five plus seven, but it could be a fight. So, but. Dellinger is saying growing movement towards five plus seven. I don't know what that means because ultimately you're going to need the Big Ten and SEC on board with that. Essentially, I think what they're saying is we're not going to keep six and six mm-hmm. because the Pac-12 was one of those six and they're gone. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cut it down to five. We're still keeping mm-hmm. we're still keeping an extra at you know an extra berth for the whoever's outside of the Power Four or whatever we're going to end up calling it. Like, to me, that that's fine, but. Long term, this isn't the question. Long term, the question is whether or not this is still the format for deciding championships. Yeah, they they could just agree to just you know, hey, we'll do this for a couple more years right. and then revisit and then, this. Yeah, whenever our whenever the TV deals end again, we're going to revisit. Yeah, but still, decent news for the University of Memphis in that regard. I, I I I agree with them. I think it's really important to keep that in place. Like having that carrot is ju- you know like. It's still it shouldn't be enough, but it would be enough. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, like it should. The, the I it shouldn't it be like keep, this, but it would it would suffice. It helps keep interest. It helps keep interest throughout the year. Yes, and I mean, yeah, you're probably not hosting a playoff game, but like making a playoff, making the playoffs going to be a significant achievement. Yes, because I still think part of the problem 
one thing, like we spend too much time, in my opinion, discussing because they they matter, like they do impact it. The amount of transfers we have, uh, conference realignment, mm. whatnot. I still think a big problem is determining what a good season is anymore. Yeah, like it used to be for certain programs, going to a bowl was a big deal. Yeah. Well, then we started adding too many bowl games, watering mm-hmm. down bowl games. Players started opting out of bowl games. Like you start like so. We need to improve the postseason structure. Correct. So and and that would keep interest longer. I'd go to sixteen if the it, like honestly to um, make it work for the pout for the group if like that's what it took. I'd go to sixteen, but they won't. I don't know if they'll do that. But I I, I think it's, well they will if the once TV they net, go to well, once, they will if the TV network sells once too. they've gone to twelve if the TV ratings are good, it'll go to sixteen. They'll add more games. Yes, if that's what they want. Yes. Um, all right, here's here's a tell the truth. Let's go to another team in the state. All right, Jeffrey. We did we did Memphis. A lot of high expectations. It's it, at, at Tennessee in Knoxville after last season. Record number. I I think what did they they not record number sold out all their season tickets for the first time in a long time. Yes, I, it's not a record number because the stadium yeah, struck. But yes, yes. But they the, but yes. first time in a long time they've sold out of season tickets. High it, expectations. It, it may not be a record number of tickets sold. I bet it's a record number of revenue or record a record revenue rate. Georgia's clearly the favorite in the SEC East. But Tennessee is clearly pick number two in the East, and I think some people suspect has a decent shot at being the second best team in the SEC, even if they don't maybe make the sure. SEC championship game. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, obviously the rank. What are they? Twelve in the ranking, something like that. Uh, were they twelve in both? I think they were ten and one, twelve in the other. Great, best time to be a Vols fan in a long time, right? Uh... Probably the best time to be a Vol since I'm trying to remember. There was a lot of Kiffin recruiting hype, but the, going into the season, there wasn't as much hype. I'd probably say since like 08. That 08 yeah. team was supposed to be good. Best time in 15 years. Maybe 07. Be, 07. Yeah, 15 years or so yeah. to be a Vol fan. And um, I hate to rain on the parade, but I tend to sometimes mm. do this. I don't understand why we're giving Joe Milton the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I watched him play a bunch of games in Michigan. I know it was a few years ago, but and I'm not I'm not opposed to the idea of Tennessee being good with him as like living up to these expectations with him as the quarterback. I don't know though. I'm not. I I could so, be wrong. I'm I'm open so to the idea well, that I'm wrong, but I'm not betting on it. Your tell the truth is you don't think I don't trust Joe Milton. Maybe like I, I if Joe Milton okay, well, is your starting so quarterback. So there's, there's a couple of things. Number one, I see you're new here, mm. um, because he played good in the bowl game. Yeah. First off, the post pattern. Yeah. The greatest throw ever. Uh, still one of the greatest throws I've ever seen. Uh, now I've watched this. The guy can make phenomenal well, throws. I would actually argue this. It's not even just the time at Michigan, mm-hmm. because I think your boy Josh Gaddis stinks. The offensive coordinator, like I. I don't think they utilized him right. But here's the other thing that gets left out of the discussion. Joe Milton had the job at Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. And then Hinton Hooker came in and everybody's like, wow, this is way better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm with you, but what you have not experienced at full throat, it does not take much for the Vols to be back. No. <laughs> well, and- I'm not actually – I like, to me – 
I look at this guy they paid all the money for, Nico. Yes. And just from having gone through the Joe Milton experience before, I would not be shocked if, like, they kind of disappoint a little th- through the first five or six games. Nico comes in and we get a whole nother round of Vols are well, back because he plays well because he's the five-star stud. And also, it's a passionate fan base, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not afraid of a hype train, mm-hmm. but also they're not afraid of turning on their own. You know if Milton loses a game or two, that they're going to be calling for, the, for Nico. So, okay, but here's the problem. Let's take a look. Where's the first place? Florida, right? They, that, that would be the first maybe law. I know I know you and Blake are really down on Florida, but it's a game in the swamp. Okay, here okay, here's here's I'm with you. But you're think you're you've realized you watched Joe Milton. Nico Iamaleva, right? That's how you pronounce his yes. name? You've also watched Graham Mertz. Yeah. I Who have. would you rather have? Yeah, probably Milton. They probably win that game, but I'm just telling you that's the first one where they might get tested. Okay, we don't think they're getting tested Saturday. Um, I think I think that could be a really bad loss for Virginia just because of the whole Tony Elliott thing. Yeah, I've been on my tell the truth is uh, honestly avoid that Clemson coaching. Tree. Honestly, UTSA will give them a game. I don't know. I, I don't think they'll win. About, you want to talk about hype trains? That I'm oh, not convinced gonna, about. Oh, interesting. You think that going up a level? You know, going up a weight class. Here's they're not where I be give. As good. Here's where I give Jeff Trailer credit. Just like your boy LeBron, mm-hmm. Jeff Trailer's not afraid to uh, text some media people mm. and, and call media people, and he gets the hype train going. Conference USA stinks. It does. It's terrible. Mm. Yeah. Like it's it's gotten passed by the Sun Belt clearly. Basically, the only league you can make an argument that it's better than is the MAC, and I'm not sure. So, this idea that they're just going to come into this league and start running train, I'm not convinced of that. But where you are, you are getting probably your first real taste of what any of us over the age of, say, 32 spent the better part of our first two decades of living on this planet mm-hmm. having to deal with every single year. And, like, I don't think Tennessee's going to be bad. Mark, but I just, let I, me let you in what this fan base is. This fan base had a documentary called A Decade of Dominance mm-hmm. in the 90s <laughs> in which they went 3-7 and seven against Florida, their biggest rival. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is a hype train fan base. And they're passionate. They're awesome. But they're not, you know what I mean? Like this, you're get you haven't seen it since you've moved here. Because it's been, it's been close to the dark ages. But I still think the biggest problem is I feel like we don't I don't think Florida, I don't think UTSA is gonna get I don't like South Carolina going into Neyland. Like that's a revenge game. That A&M game, maybe. But I don't think the hype train stops until October. So you think Milton's going to look good enough to keep his job throughout all that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, I do. All right, let's uh, let's get into some week one. We mentioned the UVA and Tennessee game. We've also, of course, got Florida State LSU. My other tell the truth is I think week two is better than week one, but we still have week one, so we got to put Mark next play. We got to focus on the next play. We can't. We can't worry about that week two schedule that's on the. We got to. We got to get rid of. We got to get through this one. We'll do that next with Tim Murray of Vsin right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, ninety two nine FM. Yes. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Tim Murray is the host of V-CIN Primetime, airing from 5 until 8 local time each and every weeknight. You can also check out his podcast, the College Football Betting Podcast, v College Football Betting Podcast. He's on Twitter at 1TimMurray. Tim, I think I've talked myself into Florida on Thursday night. <laughs> I, uh, I have talked myself into not betting that game. Well, I'm then that's not an option. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I've talked myself into a different game potentially uh, on Thursday, which we can get to. Um, but I think for Utah, I – and this isn't sourced information. This is just – I think this is going to happen. And I don't think Cam Rising's playing, the quarterback for Utah. Uh, last year we saw this just kind of come out of nowhere where Cam Rising – played against USC, they had a bye week, and then they had a Thursday night game against Washington State, and out of nowhere, Cam Rising was on the sideline. Uh, Kyle Whittingham historically does not tell anybody anything. Uh, I know the depth chart came out last week and said that Cam Rising was the QB1, um, but I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback. However, 
You I don't believe think, the depth chart, Tim? That's holy, I the depth chart. I don't, I, especially in college football, guys. I mean, those coaches never lie. I mean. Well, did you see our you boy know, for the Cardinals going full college football coach? The Arizona Cardinals, it. yeah. I, I loved it. I he wants to keep it. that competitive yeah. advantage. If you don't know who's playing, Clayton Toon or uh, Josh Jobs. Josh Jobs, two guys who, when I watched in college, definitely thought would start on opening day in the NFL sometime. Um, Jack Del Jack Del Rio in Washington right now is just like he's probably can't sleep. You know, he's he's up all night. Like Clayton Toon, Josh Jobs. What do I do? I mean, they're so they're so dynamic in their own rights. It puts a lot. Of pre- you better win that game. Better beat oh, the Cardinals. God. I don't I'm, think the Cardinals I'm are trying have, to on win. New Owner Day. I'm going to have about, uh, let's just say, a $1,000 contest entry riding on uh, mm. on the old Washington Commanders in a survivor pool. So, uh, yeah, they better win. It's new owner uh, day. It's new owner day. I thought day. new owner day was last Monday. No, Y'all no, got to no. figure out You get this. multiple. No. You get multiple. It's like no, you, winning a championship. There's multiple parties. All right. You were you were busy being a dad when we talked about it last week, and I said it's the fourth biggest win in franchise history: the three Super Bowls, and then ending the Ravens preseason win streak. <laughs> um, all right, Tim. Yes. Jeffrey has made the argument that week two better than week one. Yeah. in college football, oh, yeah. but totally, totally. What? How? Sell me on week one, though. What are your What are your favorite games in week one for college football? Uh, I mean, you want to go like sicko mode? What are my favorite ones, or like actual favorite ones? Well, you can't uh, I mean, say you can't what, say. What are you gonna? What you, are the ones you're say, most? You can't say Florida State LSU because I think we all like. That, what we you only mo- watch one game. Right. What are you most looking forward to gambling on? <laughs> well, I'm most looking most forward to gambling on my Colorado State Rams. I love Colorado State. <laughs> uh, they're playing Washington State. They're at home. They're catching twelve. Uh, they have brought in a whole new offensive line. So you asked me what I wanted to gamble. I've, I bet on that game. I mm. bet on Hawaii. Uh, you know, Hawaii, I took the seven last week, so I'm not going to, you know, be the guy, well, I got it at seven, and you can't get that now. Uh, as for, like, just being a college football fan, mm. uh, I'll give you a couple. I'll run through real quickly. Uh, I am intrigued by this Utah-Florida game. You know, is mm-hmm. the, the talk is that Florida, you know, is just like they, they've become like a group of five teams. So, like, I – I don't think they're going to be very good this year, uh, but but they weren't very good last year. They weren't very good last year. They had Anthony Richardson last year. Um, they've got a lot of transfers. They actually got good running backs. So uh, Thursday night, I, I think that's worth watching. Um, I'm also interested on Thursday night, and, and what I was mentioning before, I've kind of talked myself into betting Nebraska uh, plus seven Go against on. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota lost their top two running backs. Uh, who accounted for over 2,000 yards rushing. They lost, you know, a 27-year-old quarterback, Tanner Morgan, even though they have a guy whose name, his nickname is the Greek gunslinger, who will be their starting quarterback mm. this year. So that just intrigues me in, in its own right. Um, but, you know, Matt Rule, what is Matt Rule going to be in year one? Because I've heard this brought up all summer long. Well, you know that Matt Rule stunk at Temple and at Baylor in year number one. Yeah, True. But also the situations were vastly different. Nebraska, you know, under Scott Frost, recruited at a decent level. They lost a ton of close games. And they were just, you know, undisciplined. We've heard all the stories about Scott Frost. So uh, I'm kind of intrigued by the boys of Corn uh, on Thursday night catching a touchdown. Uh, Friday night, I already mentioned it. Uh, I am a little uh, intrigued by my, uh, my, my Hawaii Rainbow Warriors uh, because – Timmy Chang came on my show, Vison Primetime, last uh, Thursday night, 
and it started. It made the rounds on social media that he told us uh, unsolicited. He's like, I know the I know the point spread. We know how many win total win games they think we're going to win, and we're using that as motivation. And honestly, mm-hmm. guys, they should have beat Vanderbilt. They, no, they, they I, I, it was. I'll tell you what was very obvious. As someone who was on the other side, and I totally forgot that they were playing for Maui. Like that's on mm-hmm. me. That should. That's an auto bet for me. And I'd forgotten that, mm-hmm. and I felt like an idiot. But there was no question Timmy Chang knew what the spread was. <laughs> oh yeah, they they are eight and one guys ATS in their last nine games. Ooh. I mean, he is. He said, like I said, he said it on my show, and I didn't even ask him about the point spread. Like, I if we have a coach on my show, I try to be as professional as possible. I'm like, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to get these coaches in any trouble. So uh, that point spread's moved a touchdown from where it opened over the summer. So it opened ten and a half. It's down to three and a half. I probably wouldn't bet it now. But I think Hawaii's got a legit shot, and you know how bad is Stanford going to be? They've got a chance to be uh, really bad. Also on Friday night, uh, you've got uh, Little Gabbert uh, saying that they're the mm-hmm. real Miami. So uh, you know that's mm. always uh, playing for the real Miami, Miami of Ohio against Miami, Florida. So uh, that is uh, has some intrigue there. Uh, Saturday, uh, I think Boise State, Washington is actually a really fascinating game. Boise State, you could argue, is the best G five team coming into the year talent wise. Um, and uh, you got Washington. So it's about a two-touchdown spread there. Uh, I think that one is... Uh, that line stinks, by the way. 14 and a half. Stinks too high? Yeah, like to me it's like, yeah, duh, take Boise. But like, yeah, I know it's not I that wa- easy. I, might, I think Mike Washington might put it on him. Hmm. Like, I, that, that line stinks to me, and there was another, there was another one that just reeked. Uh, how about how about Tulane? That's the one. Six. Yep, Tulane in <laughs> in South Alabama. I'm on the Jags. I haven't bet it yet. I Jagging like, off South Alabama. I'm, 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 I'll say this. How about how about this for uh, a week one look ahead spot? Tulane plays Ole Miss next week. Oh yeah, that Hosting is a them. huge game for Tulane. Right, they're a top twenty five team. They're coming off with a Cotton Bowl win. They got all this mojo going. And South Alabama is just going to waltz into New Orleans and probably a pretty – I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Tickets as low as $2. You can come on into Yuleman Stadium because we're waiting for next week. We don't need to worry about these, these folks from the, from the Sun Belt. South Alabama, I'm here to tell you, they're legit, man. They, they, they legitimately will be in the discussion for uh, being the Group of Five representative in, in the New Year's Six. So – I think that game is very interesting. Line movement towards uh, towards South Alabama. Final one, I'll tell you. Also, prime time CBS. How about we are in Laramie, Wyoming? The prime <laughs> yeah, CBS baby game is in Laramie as Texas Tech guns up, goes to Laramie, and the Red Raiders maybe peeking an eye to week two. Their quarterback, Tyler Shuck, where did he start his college career? Oregon. He did. Where they play in week two? Oregon. Just saying. So look ahead revenge spot. You're going up to elevation week one, Craig Bowles squad. I bet you Wyoming has never hosted a game on broadcast television in football ever before. Like on the one of the four main networks. I mean, this is big CBS. This yeah. is I don't know if I don't know if Nestler Wyoming. is in the game. I, I hope Nestler is in Wyoming. Isn't he from I mean, around there? Get, Isn't he like from Montana or something like that? Musburger's from Montana. 
Uh, I think maybe I Minnesota. Maybe that's I got to. What are uh, what are we thinking on Old Dominion Virginia Tech? Here's a toss-up for you DMV boys. Who would you rather bet on long-term, Virginia Tech or Virginia? Jeff Virginia Scott Tech. or Jeff Scott or, uh, Tony, or, or uh, Brent Pye? Or Tony, sorry, Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott or Brent Pye? Oh, Virginia Tech. A heartbeat. Are you not worried? Brent Virginia, Pry Virginia. reeks of defensive coordinator that got a head job. Tony Elliott might be fired this year. They're no, really Virginia gives They're Virginia's really pa- bad. Virginia's patient. I covered Virginia. They shouldn't be. They're, They're both patient. They don't have the Virginia has the money to not be patient, but they are patient usually. But I'll say I'll say this: if neighbor Nick got into his Phil Steele, you know, this off season and started flipping through, he might peek his head over the fence and say, "Hey, didn't Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech last year? Yeah. And they're over a two touchdown underdog." Yeah. Uh, Old Dominion, I'm here to is awful. Well, their best player. It seems like their but best is, players on Memphis now. Isn't Grant Wells still <laughs> playing at Virginia Tech? Yes, he was named the Grant starter Wells this week. Is the starter. Yep. Tim, yeah. how many years? Like, I literally feel like going back to when he was at Marshall, like just auto fading him's like money making. He was he was Cramsey's quarterback at Marshall. The, the Memphis OC was his OC at Marshall. <laughs> I mean, I, I I said this today on uh, on my show. Uh, we were doing the podcast today, and uh, the the game that once again on on Thursday night that is kind of sicko mode is called the I call it the Peaches and Herb Bowl. You know the uh, R and B band. Uh, I remember Peaches and Creed in the R and B song. They sang "Reunited" and it feels so. Oh good. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we get on Thursday night because you have NC State with uh, Robert Anai and mm-hmm. Brandon Armstrong back to and the other. And then you've got and then you've got UConn, who their coach uh, Charlton is their OC. He was the old head coach at Maine, and he brought in Joey Fagnano. To be his starting quarterback, <laughs> definitely uh, thought the that United Bowl and it feels so good. You have Thursday to you have to say that name really fast because if you enunciate one so- like you could get canceled if you en- yeah, en- yeah. enunciate that yeah. first syllable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, All right, I got I got a question. Are, no, because on the neighbor Nick thing, what's the neighbor Nick? Yeah. What's the squarest neighbor Nick game of the week? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. Let's let's look through here. Uh, Utah's got a chance. Utah's in the discussion. Uh, I think Tulane's in the discussion because they're top twenty-five, and you see that number and it's under a touchdown. And you know, neighbor Nick's just going to want to pound on that. Um, Is it LSU? No, no, because those two top ten teams. I, I don't think that's a, a neighbor Nick type of game. Um. I would say, and then he might just want to like lay the Penn State, West Penn Virginia, State or something like that. Yeah, he Penn might just want to be like lay play the big old number. Yeah. Also, like late late thirty with Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, I would say those would be the ones that he would probably be most interested in. I don't know. I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do the peaking and see what. Uh, you know, the thing is, fortunately, I think neighbor Nick would have. You know, neighbor Nick, unfortunately for me, is going to be pretty excited for, like, Notre Dame-NC State. He's like, well, did you see them? They put up 39 points, uh, 42 points. So, unfortunately, I think neighbor Nick might like Notre Dame a little bit. This is another question I have, and you might have better information. 
Week one always feels like a square week. Like, that always week feels one, like, I'll, I'll you know what I mean? This, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Like, week one to me is, is, is pretty much, like, I actually had a decent week zero, but I'm not going to, you know, puff my chest out because I think I only gave out one play on my, you know, on my podcast. So, you know, and fortunately it hit. But I, I am always very cautious because, you know, I like obviously fading the public, kind of, you know, situational spots, whatnot. And this is a week where, you know, it's, it's a little – it's a little trickier, um, you know, to, to find those spots. And, you know, you're getting these massive lines. Um, so, you know, another game that I'm really curious about is, is uh, you know, kind of in the weeds a little bit is Fresno State-Purdue. Uh, because, like, what is Purdue going to be, right? And Fresno State, you could argue the same thing. Like, my guy Jake Hayner, who made me so much money last year, Unfortunately, he ain't walking through that door anymore. We got to go with Mikey Keene, the UCF transfer. So, the guy, you know, the one, he was the one who can't, can't yes. throw, right? Well, no, no, Mikey's the one that played in the Memphis game last year. Okay, he throws okay. The other, the third one was the guy that you were thinking. Uh, of. Okay, and John Rice Plumley can't throw either. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Um, what do we do with Oregon State? Because, oh gosh, as we uh, know. Our Beavers. We got Jonathan Smith. But they're going to be motivated for this one. Oh, God. But DJU is like money on the under. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone, everyone's like, ah. San Jose State's defense is horrendous. Yeah, don't you think this is like Oregon State's? Like, you know, they've been, they've been cooped up. They've been, they've been pushed down by the forces of college football this offseason. They're going to come out. It's almost like as if they've, you know, they're going to get that that opening game bump because of all the turmoil or all the uh, all the uh, yeah. But San Jose State's played a game. Uh, yeah, yeah. But all right, they let's, didn't look bad, you know. They, no, they, they didn't. Score, but I man. think I think that might be USC's defense. Like I, I've now come to the conclusion: like every Lincoln Riley team is the same. Like you know that they're going to be elite on offense, and they're never going to be good enough defensively. And they're fun. They're they're fun games to watch. Is I'll say. I'll say this from watching the USC game. I agree with you. I think that nothing's changed from last year. But the kid, uh, Zachariah. Branch, oh, my God. He's Reggie Bush. He's like, so he is, fast. He is so, like, his kickoff return for anyone who's listening right now. I know no one saw it because it was on the Pac 12 network. So you got to go yeah. find YouTube highlights. Go, go on Twitter and find it. Zachariah Branch, it, I, I actually, I think I put it up there. He is. If he was wearing five and you just kind of, like, closed your eyes, you'd be like, that dude is Reggie Bush. Like, and I know it was one game. I'm not trying to overreact. But the way he returned that kick where he just, like, baited. He, like, he didn't, you know, in, in kickoff returns, you want to try to get out as fast so you don't lose time. He, like, jogged. Yes. And then hit a hole. And then he went down the sideline, and there were literally eight sand- Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 